3: LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American
4: Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card.
7: I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech Green Money. Marcus Collins is the head of strategy at Wyden Kennedy, New York, and is also a clinical marketing professor at the Ross School of Business, University of Michigan. He's been recognized for his strategic and creative contributions with accolades such as the American Advertising Federation's Advertising Hall of Fame achievement, at ages 40 Under 40 recipient, and Crane's Business 40 Under 40 recipient. Additionally, he's launched successful campaigns for major brands such as State Farm, Google, and the Made in America Music Festival. He also previously led iTunes and Nike sport music initiatives at Apple and ran digital strategy for Beyonce. His upcoming book for the culture hits shelves on May 3rd, and we often throw the word culture around loosely. And as a marketer and brand strategist, Marcus defines for us what it actually means.
8: I think about culture uh, through the lens of a gentleman by the name of Emil Durkheim, one of the founding fathers of sociology. He said, culture is a system of symbols, values, and, and, and norms that demarcate who people are and what people like them do. And it's through these systems and norms that we uh, translate the world, that we identify what's expected of us and uh, what we should be anticipating from people like us. And we,
7: We've been having this conversation on this podcast about, you know, black people leading all global culture and I would like to get your yeah. take on this so if you think about music if you think about sports if you think about food if you think about dance you know there's this conversation about black people leading in all of these verticals I would like to get your take on digging deeper on that what does that mean
8: yeah so I think about when we say that and I agree with that is that when we talk about black people leading culture what we mean is the black cultural production becomes the um the, the work that people use to express who they are, right? So think about this system that Mill Durkheim refers to. There's the our identity, who we subscribe to be. There are the beliefs and ideologies that govern how we see the world, right? There are the truths that we hold the world, the stories that we tell ourselves about the world. And because we see the world a certain way, we don a certain apparel, we dress a certain way with certain artifacts, we behave a certain way, we talk a certain way. And because of who we are, how we see the world and how we show up in the world, we consume certain product, i.e. the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the, 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 uh, the, the television shows that we watch, the literature we take in, the dance that we take in, the brands and brand new products that we consume. And what happens is that black culture, like the predominant black culture, the production of predominant black po- culture becomes uh, this gravitational pull that people want to use to communicate who they are because of what it signals about the world. And truly, like all marginalized communities really have this this ability to take, make something out of nothing, right? And we see marginalized communities become sort of the, the they become the victim of cultural appropriation for that very reason.
7: And let's dig in there. You know, what what is a good way then to in, imbue, embed, culture into a brand?
8: So I would argue that the best brands are contributors to culture. They lead culture by contributing to it. That is, they contribute to the beliefs, the artifacts, the behaviors, and the language that make up the group of people. My friend uh, Eric Holkren says it this way. You can either lead culture by, like, driving it. You could sit in front seat by sort of uh, riding along with it or you could suck tailpipe by trying to copy it, right? Yeah, and yeah. brands that lead culture are more successful than those who follow. And those who kind of ride shotgun just sort of benefits from that the afterglow of it. But it's really the brands that lead culture, they contribute to these ca- characteristics of the system that are most successful. You think about brands like Nike, they've brought language to our normal vernacular, like just do it, that was a tagline that came from the agency I work for, Wyden Kennedy, that people use to communicate who they are in the world and how they operate in the world. Brands like Patagonia, right? Because of what they believe, people use those brands to signal their identity. That is these brand marks in their communications become extensions or receipts of people's identity. The brands become cultural products, not just a jacket, not just a phone, not just a car, not just glasses. They are ways by which I communicate who I am to the world. And those brands win often
7: yeah i'd like you to talk more about that because i think you have one conversation about how there's this bottom-up effect of how you know peoples whether they be black people other minority or marginalized groups that you talked about who create culture and then they get um, taken advantage of by companies brands and etc and then what you just talked about with how brands might contribute to culture and is there a conversation around where people don't want to be sold but they want to take the maybe the Dapper Dan approach and take what's already out and flip it, you know, but how, but if, when it comes from a brand in so many cases, it's, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to pacify me or you're trying to take advantage of what we already doing in the street or et cetera. You, You get my point.
8: I get your point for sure. I think the idea for brands is that we contribute to culture by facilitating community. That instead of sort of it being all about us, is that we identify what are the pain points, the points of friction, what are the the ambitions and desires of the group of people that we're trying to activate, and how do we use our resources, our, 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 our platforms to help people realize the things they're going after based on what we know of their beliefs, artifacts, behaviors, and language. So a Dapper Dan thing is you're taking someone or you are co-creating Cultural production with someone who's from the community, who knows the community and their cultural characteristics, with far greater intimacy than their brand does. And you're giving your resources over to saying, "Hey, create, do what you do, and do it without sort of the, uh, without without the policing that Dapper Dam once experienced back in the '80s, yeah. right? Giving you freedom to do what you do with our marks, and that reworking of that re, that reworking of raw material from the brand." helps create the cultural product that's representative of, of Dapper Dan. I mean, that's hip-hop too, right? Before, yeah. before artists were being sued for using samples that they weren't giving access to, when labels started saying, hey, take the content and, and actually rework it, like they are, they are being, they're, 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 they're being propelled to realize the cultural production that's representative of people like themselves. And brands who understand this, those brands actually do far better than those who don't.
7: Yeah. Before we go much further, I do want to get your um, take on defining brand versus marks and logos and et cetera. And so yeah. because because this does get confused in our social conversations about, you know, you, you ask somebody, what is their brand? They show you their logo and they show you their letterhead and they show you right. these things. And I would like you to have for, for folks who don't live this every day, talk about the differences yeah. and what confuses people about those things.
8: Man, you're hitting it right on the head. Brand, I mean, brand, is, brand has had a long history. Right, brand started off as a, a mark of ownership. In fact, if you translate the word brand into any romantic or Germanic language, it translates into mark or marca or marque. It's a mark, right? And back in the day, you know, if you wrote – if you were raising cattle and you brought your cattle to the market, you would brand it with a branding iron as a way of saying this cattle belongs to me. So it not be confused with the Lucas's uh, uh, cattle. It's Collins cattle. But over time, brand began to evolve from being this mark of ownership to being a mark of legality that not only do I own this, but I have legal representation over this thing. Then about a century and a half later, it became, well, it's not enough for this for us to own it and have legal ramifications over it. We also want people to see it and trust us. So that logo, the mark, became a trust mark. But then over time, it wasn't enough people just to trust the brand, we wanted people to love the brand. Mm-hmm. So mark became, this mark of ownership became this, uh, this signifier that conjured up thoughts and feelings. And that's really what brands are at its core. They're identifiable signifiers that conjure up thoughts and feelings, cognitions and affects on behalf of companies institutions, products, people, and organizations. They're marks of ownership. And sometimes those marks are literal logos. Sometimes they're audio marks. Sometimes they're aesthetic. Like, you know, an Apple aesthetic, you know who that belongs to, right? These marks are identifiable. And they're also, uh, 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 they conjure up these thoughts and feelings that make us feel a certain thing. They emote a certain thing. And therefore, we're more inclined to not only remember it, to differentiate it, feel something by it, and therefore pay a premium for it.
7: Yeah, you make me think about um, the importance of us investing. in. I mean, when I say us, I mean, black owned companies, minority owned companies, women owned companies, the importance of investing in a brand guide as early as possible when you start a business, because that brand guide defines how we use the mark what colors we use it in, what it can be sat on. Can I put my logo on top of a picture that has a million colors on it? Or does it have to have a black or solid background behind it? Or this is the tone of voice we use, or this is the language we don't use, the type of imagery we use, all these things. Can you go further there?
8: Yeah, so we want to make sure that the mark is distinctive, and that the mark um, has all of the significance that we want it to have, right? So that it's consistent and it's distinctive. But it's not enough for it to look good aesthetically. We have to also think about what does it mean? When people see the brand mark, what's conjured up? And it's that ability to transcend sort of a physical mark that allows us to transcend the business in which we operate. For instance, if I told you that Nike was starting a hotel, you probably know what that thing looks like. Like yeah. oh I, I totally see the, the look of it is I know what the experience is gonna be but if I told you at the Westin would start was we're gonna make sneakers you have no clue what that means that's like, good, that's I, I, good. Don't even, I can't even I can't even see that in my mind because the Westin means hotels Nike means every human body is an athlete wow. Nike transcends the category in which they reside and they operate at an ideological driven uh, 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 as an operator an ideological-driven um, vehicle. And therefore, the brand is more than just the mark. It's the meaning that's embedded in it. And that's not just brands like Nike. I mean, I used to work for, for Beyonce. Beyonce's the same way. Like, we've known that Beyonce yeah. believes in or stood for women's empowerment since yeah. the days of no, 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 to bills, to... to to the left, uh, you ain't gonna break my soul. Like, Beyonce has stood for that thing. And so while we know Beyonce as an artist and in all the many ways that she is artistic, the meaning of Beyonce transcends those things. So as we pay mind to the mark of ownership, as you mentioned, make sure that our, our brand guidelines are strong, the language is strong, that it's consistent. We have to also make sure that it's the meaning that is going to conjure up the thoughts and feelings that we want people to walk away with because it's the meaning that's going to inform how people behave in the long run. What
7: do you think about when people say or ask, what is your brand? Just in the general, not, not you specifically, but when somebody's asked about what is your brand, what do you think about?
8: The first thing I think about when people said, what is your brand? I, my translation is that is what is your meaning? What do you mean? That is what do you intend to mean? What do you stand for? Right, We talk about brand. We we use this vernacular all the time. We say the brand stands for this. What we really mean is the brand stands in for this. The brand mark stands in for these cognitive and affective associations that we have. So if someone says, what does your brand mean? Or "What what is your brand? They're really asking, what does your brand mean? What does it mean? And what are the products that you bring to market that are demonstrative of that meaning? And truly, I mean, like, if you go back to the original question you asked about, well, what is culture, right? Culture is this system. And that system that we use, that is a meaning-making system. It's through those cultural lenses that we translate the world and make meaning. That's why for some a cow is leather, but others it's a deity, and for some it's dinner. Or for some a rug is a place of worship, for others it's decor, for some place it's a souvenir, right? The meanings aren't fixed, but they are translated through our cultural lenses so as brands whether you are a nike or you are uh, an apple or you are a startup we're all bound by the same ramifications of brand what does it mean and we bring our brands to market our branded products to market the products are bearing the meaning that the brand is trying to signify
7: yeah, that's really good. I, I want to get your analysis on this because when I was coming up in my career, I, I started in radio, and back when I was doing radio, I was DJing parties and all these things. You would, I would get asked often, "Hey, can you MC this event? Can you host this event? Can you come and speak? You know, on these different topics about entertainment, and et cetera." And then as I got older, I was like, you know, I don't want to be the guy who hosts or does the panel or MCs this thing. I want to be known more for, you know, my business and technology interests. And so what I had to learn about th- to stop getting asked was I had to stop participating in things that were not aligned with what I wanted to be seen as. And so when I get asked, even though it might've been interesting, you got to say no, because the more I do that, the more it reinforces that that's who I am. But the more I associate my, I always say it this way. Like Oprah is Oprah because Tom Cruise jumped on her sofa. Oprah is a star. That's, that's the way I say it. Like Oprah is Oprah because she, who, who she associated herself with and who she was seen next to. Yeah. And so can you provide an analysis to how people can focus their brand based on, I mean, that, that's my personal experience, but how can I focus my brand so that I can create opportunities for myself in the ways that I want to create opportunities?
8: Well, that's what strategy is meant for. The job of strategy is about saying no to things. Of all the main things that we could do, what are we gonna say no to so that my intended meaning is aligned with people actually translate? Because as you know, when you work at radio, you know this, it's not what you say, it's what people hear, right? So as I communicate the brand through explicit messages like ads or implicitly through the brand's uh, behavior, what I intend to mean doesn't align what people actually see, what they actually translate. And that truly requires A, understanding people and then being able to say, no to some things and yes to some things. I mean, even you saying, I'm going to stop doing the hosting and I'm gonna stop, you know, DJing parties because I want to be, I want to mean more than just that. That is, I want to transcend those activities to have a greater sort of mental association. I mean, Domino's Pizza dropped pizza off of their, their name for a reason. It's like, we don't, we're not in a pizza business. Like, that's just one thing we happen to do. Apple dropped off computers from their title they're running a computer business. We just happen to do those things. So for brands who want to operate at a higher level, it requires saying no to the things that may be quick from a money perspective and saying yes to the things that are gonna be the long game. And that's an important part to note, the difference between marketing communications and brand, or sales and brand. Sales are short-term, right? So doing that gig quickly, get the bag quickly. Great. Awesome. Right. But in the long run, it doesn't help you. But if you say, I'm going to say no to this thing right now, so I can do this in the long run, that's where brand comes in. The brand is a uh, long-term mental association game, which requires small interactions over a period of time. So every time you said no to this and said yes to that, you were building the edifice brick by brick for the brand house that you wanted to be known as. I mean,
7: you're doing it, Doc. Oh yeah, no, I, this is so interesting to me because you brought up Apple, and it, it makes me think of my favorite quote from Steve Jobs, which I've said millions of times on this podcast. Is Steve had this quote that said, "You can't connect the dots looking forward; you can only connect That's the right. dots looking backward." And what I get from that is you wonder why you you can be doing you know a certain jobs, wondering why you're in certain relationships, wondering why you're doing certain things, and it may not make sense in the moment, but then. Month later, years later, decades later, you find yourself in the predicament where you got to use those skills or use those experience, those, those experiences to speak to what you're currently involved in. And had you not gone through those things, you wouldn't be able to maneuver through what you're going through presently. And so my question there is, how do you how do you think about analyzing, maybe not reinventing who you are, but evolving who you are based on the experiences that you might have had? Because to my previous point, yes, I was a DJ, and yes, I hosted, and I didn't want to be seen as that guy, but now I'm using those skills to do Afrotech yeah. and, and black tech green money. So, so I think it's not like those things, it was the, the, what they were pointed at were different. Apple That's didn't right. stop doing computers, Domino's didn't stop doing pizza, but it evolved and it helped inform who they would become. That's
8: right. So I, I think it's driven by, by, by this the context always changes, but the conviction stays the same, right? I'm grounded and rooted in a way of seeing the world. And when I realize that the world around me changes, and therefore, while my behavior changes, the North Star doesn't. So for instance, um, I was an engineer. I studied engineering undergrad. And then I went to the music business, wrote love songs for a living before going into marketing communications, and then a, a, a career in academia. If you look at that while I was doing it, people were like, "This guy must be crazy. Yeah. He can't like <laughs> stay he can't stay true to a thing." But when I look back at it, it becomes very, very clear that I loved material science engineering because I thought that polymers were cool. These are carbon chains that are connecting that normally were disparate, now connected to create new things. I love music because I love the idea that people could come together because of a sheer love of a lyric, of an artist, of a beat. Like we can be strangers and you go, dude, that reminds me of, uh, of Nostalgia Ultra. And I'm like, dude, I love Frank Ocean. Me too. Oh my God, best friends. Right? We become connected because of our shared experience with an artist. The same thing with good marketing communications, that we get connected to a brand because it is a receipt of our identity and we share those identity connections. And for me, as a as a professor now and as a, a marketer, like ultimately when I'm in the classroom, I'm trying to connect these students to ideas. I mean, that's why I wrote a book to help scale that connectivity. I may have done it in different ways, but ultimately I've always been about connecting things to create new, more augmented, more optimized outcomes. And the manifestation changed over time, but at its core, it's always been about connecting things.
3: LinkedIn, the
7: place to be, to be. AT&T connects in ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
4: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/businessgoldcard.
7: A few years ago, Kanye West, upon hearing the news that Lady Gaga was named creative director at Polaroid, he asked, "What the f does Lady Gaga know about cameras?" The question was rooted in the belief that the relationship between Gaga and Polaroid wasn't authentic. So how do brands avoid this faux pas and successfully associate themselves with culture? Marcus speaks on it.
8: I mean, Kanye was spot on because in our minds, Kodak is just pictures and cameras and film. Kodak doesn't exist. They don't have uh, any conviction, any ideology that governs Kodak, in our minds at least. So you take Lady Gaga, who's creative, who's artistic, and then you have a camera brand. You go, those things don't, don't, don't align where brands have opportunities to be a part of culture is where there's ideological congruence. What the brand believes is also shared with what this cultural outcome believes, or whether it's people, whether this artist sees the world the same way the brand does, those two things come together where this culture, this collective of people, they share the same ideology as the brand, the brand activates them accordingly. A great example of it is this, um, McDonald's, right? Here's, here's a, a brand who was hated on for a long time, right? lots of hate around McDonald's. And we met McDonald's, we said, well, why don't you guys stop focusing on people who hate you, focus on the people who love you? Well, who are those people? They're, they're fans, they're like fans of McDonald's. 96 million people show up at McDonald's store every single day, focus on those people. Well, they didn't know who they were. So we did a research undertaking when we were to go learn about these fans. We found that there were fan truths within each one of them, within the collective of them. And one of the biggest fan truths is that no matter how big you are, everyone has an order. Oh, that's cool. So now the brand activates people based on their order. So what did McDonald's do? They partnered with Travis Scott. Well, we partnered with Travis Scott on behalf of McDonald's to take Travis Scott's order, the, the Cactus Jack, and make it available to everyone, right? McDonald's were able to contribute to culture because of what it believes, what it stands for, and the truth around its fans. And it gave McDonald's an authentic way to contribute to culture without it feeling like super sleazy. Yeah. And once the brand's beliefs and the network beliefs overlap, the possibilities are endless so long as it meet within that congruence.
7: And so, so many black technologists, engineers have a thing, a, a wonderful product And I was talking to Drew Henson, who's an engineer who's developing cannabis hardware now. And we were talking about the importance of storytelling. And it's one thing to be an engineer and to have a great idea, great concept. But your ability to storytell could probably dictate your success better than having the product that works. So can you talk about that? Can you talk about the importance of storytelling and how engineers, people who have, you know, spend hours a day coding how they can get better at storytelling to better enable their success.
8: Yeah, storytelling is the currency of community. Storytelling is how culture moves forward and also how it propagates. You know, we tell, you know, to tell, the, for the next tell the next generation to the next generation to the next generation, right? So stories are probably the most powerful vehicle for information exchange for cultural expectations to be established, um, and for expectations to be uh, uh, to be socialized through the stories that we tell. So whether you are a marketer, whether you are a coder, whether you are the person pushing the broom as a janitor, like the stories align us to what we're about, what we stand for, what we believe in, and how we preach the gospel to to people to bring them in. I mean, that's ultimately what this boils down to, right? You think about culture being this meaning-making vessel, the system that governs what people like me do. And stories become the way by which we communicate what people like me do through the folklore, through, you know, oh, this happened to me then, or you know what happened to so-and-so, gossip works really well this way. And as we communicate these things, we know what people like us ought to do. There's this great story um, about John F. Kennedy on the stage of action, you know, he says, You know, we decide to, we're, we have decided as a country to go to the moon. Like, that's what we decide to do. And he visited a NASA station once and he saw a janitor pushing a broom. He says to the janitor, He goes, Hi, how's it going? He goes, Mr. President, how are you? And the janitor, he says to the janitor, well, What are you doing? He says, I'm putting a man on the moon, sir. Whoa. He's not pushing a button. He's sweeping the floors. But even his sweeping the floors, that small little thing, is contributing to the broader the broader imperative of the community. The same thing goes with the stories that we tell. When people tell stories, I know what my job is. I know what I'm supposed to do within the organization. And when we tell stories to the community, the community goes, I know that that brand is for me or that that output, that product is for me. Storytel- storytelling gets us on the same page. And they become the way by which we socialize the gospel to bring more people to to the table. So if you are a coder, the better you can articulate why you're coding, the conviction, the ideology that governs why you do what you do, the chances of you getting more people on board it's far more powerful than not.
7: Yeah, yeah. You make me think about um, this guy Paul Judge, who's a big tech guy out of Atlanta, who's, who's talked about you know when you're trying to recruit smart engineers Well, smart engineers don't want to work on itty bitty problems. They want to work on meaningful problems. And so if you find a way to communicate a North star, and this is a point to a question is how to define your North star. How do you figure what is both the importance of getting a strong North star for a CEO or a would be CEO and founder and how to define it in a way that can get people excited. You know, so maybe my idea is not going to change the world, but it's worthy of investment. It's worthy of people to get behind it. So if it's not going to change the world, maybe it's, I don't want to throw an industry or a thing under the bus. So let's just say something that's not (laughs) going to be revolutionary, but it's functional. You know, it's a utility. It helps people's lives be better. How can I define my North Star in a way that gets people excited, generally speaking?
8: Yeah. So it it, it would start with, what do you believe it's a belief like the north star is it is of an ideology that you have and you communicate that ideology to people who see the world the way that you do And those people go oh i'm not looking for a job i'm looking for a home mm-hmm. look for be one people who are like myself people who are are within the same community that I, that i'm in and if you look at some of the biggest case studies of this it becomes very very clear and think about it from a tech perspective uh, GE did a campaign back in 2015. Um, it was an HR campaign. It was about like getting more people to, to come work for GE. It's called, What's the Matter with Owen? And the, the ads were like this. Owen tells his parents, I'm working for GE. And his parents go, oh, so you're gonna build railroads? It's like, no, 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 Like, <laughs> I'm gonna build systems. And they're like, I don't, I don't understand. And GE as a brand believes that the future is made, that we make the future, we build the future. That's what GE believes, that that's what we're here to do, to build the future. And people who work at GE aren't there for a job. They're there to build the future. And for Owen, his parents don't get him, his friends don't get him, but at GE, we get him. And those are stories that GE told. And the first 18 months of that campaign running – they had an 800% increase in job applications. Wow! Now those ads didn't say anything about 401k, yeah. nothing about compensation, nothing about location. It was all about conviction, about belief. And people were like, yo, that's the kind of company I wanna work for. People who no one else understands me, but they do. Because like them, I want to build the future. And from a, a biological perspective, we are driven by that. The part of the brain that's responsible for behavior is also associated with our feelings, the limbic system. right? So our feelings are associated with our, our behavior. So if you can activate the limbic system, the emotional part of the brain, it increases the chances of people adopting behavior. So how do we do that? As a leader, as a marketer, as an entrepreneur, as a manager, as, a, as a, an activist, as a politician, you start with the soul and end with the cell, as C.C. C. Chapman would say. You start mm. with the soul and end with the cell. What do you believe? What do yeah. you believe? We believe, we believe that uh, we should reduce our impact on, on the environment, great. So we climb clean, that's Patagonia. What do you believe? We believe that there's too much plastic waste in the world. So let's, let's murder plastic, liquid death, right? They still happen to sell water and tea and energy drinks, but they're driven by a conviction, right? A way of seeing the world. And they preach the gospel, the soul, then they end with the cell.
7: Dang that. Um, I want to present you a, something that I find challenging and fun to think about. And it's this concept of for us bias, which I get, I understand. Um, but I also feel like we limit ourselves, especially when we think about the conversation we started with, with, you know, black culture leading all global culture. So do we unintentionally probably limit our ability to scale and affect change in the world when we adhere to the concept of for us for the for us part bias. us i yeah. get bias, but why not by us for the world
8: yeah well i would i would say that it's the specificity for us that makes it uh palatable to the world right i believe that it's through specificity that we find generality that's why we can watch a movie and that has nothing to do with us None to do with my own experience, but I could see myself in the character because of how specific it is. Through the specificity, we get generality. Like no one wears um, an NFL hat. I love all the football teams. <laughs> no, you wear your team, right? You wear your yeah, team yeah. because it's specific to you. And as you see people engage in their fandom, you take that and you mirror it to your fandom. So when we, when we make stuff for us in a way that is so nuanced— and it's so it's so it it hugs all the subtleties of us, it feels tighter, and if people observe that they go that seems so cool. Like I want to know more about that. I mean that's like the birth of all things that come out of the black experience, right? And, and the black experience is a uh, so rich. I mean, like, if you look at American culture, the first music that came out of this country that wasn't brought over from uh, from, from Europe was minstrel shows that were essentially mockeries of black music, right? Um, So the idea is that when we do things that are meant for a specific group of people, a specific community of people, it is the most demonstrative representation of the cultural characteristics that govern those people. And the creative output that comes from that is much richer than me making something for everybody.
7: There is, and I, I talk to them all the time, people who do things like I do, they create podcasts, create content for YouTube. You know, they are would-be influencers trying to build their influence um, and trying to build their reach. And for th- this community of creators, what are some of the most important things you think are that you think should be front of mind when they're creating content, both to affect change in the world and, you know, help them meet the... the scratch the itch that they have to put content into the world and to broaden the audience that they are able to deliver that to
8: i think it's exactly what we're talking about right now is that don't make content for everyone make content for your community it is interesting so if you think about uh the gaussian curve what we know as the bell curve or the normal curve um in tech we talk about this is the 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 diffusion curve, right, Everett Rogers diffusion curve, that technology, ideas, behaviors, language, culture propagates in a community through that bell curve that you that you know of, right, the normal curve. Um, and in the middle, that's where the majority of the population is. And marketers love that middle because that's where everybody is. The biggest market opportunity is right there. So let me talk to them, right? We even have the, uh, the sales funnel to try to reach as many of them as, as possible. But it's noisy there, it's super busy, and it costs a lot to, to, to meet people there. That's why Super Bowl is so expensive. But on the far left side of that diffusion curve is subcultures that no one's talking to, nobody. They're just completely being ignored. You can talk to them. The interesting part is that everything that is now cool started with them. 20 years ago, if you were into comic books, you were a loser. Now, the movies that we watch across the globe all come from comic books. 20 years ago, if you were into gaming, you were a failure to launch Living in Your Mama's Basement. Now, gaming is a multi-billion dollar company, uh, uh, industry. If you were into anime 20 years ago, loser. Now, cool. Everything that is now cool was once subcultural. So what I tell content creators is don't talk to the middle. Talk to the subculture that sees the world most like you because those people will go preach the gospel on your behalf. I mean, there are more people who watch Game of Thrones than people who are into sci-fi and fantasy. Why is that? Like right? people who are way into sci-fi and fantasy who have been following George R.R. Martin for years were first to watch Game of Thrones. And then those people were like, yo, Will, you're playing yourself not watching this. is the best thing on television. And you're like, all my friends say it's the best thing on television. I guess I'll go give it a shot. And then they convert you. And then you go convert someone. Everything that is now big started small. So as content creators who have limited budgets, limited resources, limited capacity, find your community, find your tribe, activate them, and they'll go preach the gospel on your behalf.
7: If you're looking for the most epic place on earth,
8: let's start at the base of a massive waterfall.
7: Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with
1: Intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Seeing our communities grow and thrive
7: is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities.
4: your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases that's the powerful backing of american express learn more at americanexpresscom slash business gold card
5: ai might be the most important new computer technology ever it's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested so buckle up the problem is that ai needs a lot of speed and processing power So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic.
7: There are so many startups and companies by black founders who don't have the budget to hire Marcus Collins or Wyden Kennedy or, you know, anybody in your category but what are some of the things you could leave this audience with that are keys, insights, resources even, that we should be thinking about when we're starting companies to be able to get at least a small impact that a Wyatt and or a Marcus Collins would be able to provide to us if we had the budget? Well, this is
8: exactly why I wrote the book For the Culture, The Power Behind What We Buy, What We Do and Who We Want to Be, to scale this knowledge. I I was fortunate enough to stumble into this world of marketing communications and realizing that culture is the most powerful, influential force on human behavior. And the more I understood culture and how it's operationalized, the better the work became at influencing people's behavior. And I started teaching that in classrooms while also working with brands at places like Wyden Kennedy. But I realized there are people who can't go to the University of Michigan, people who don't work at Wyden Kennedy, who deserve a chance. Especially people who look like us, yep. who deserve a chance to help our ideas get out into the world and have the impact, the, both the commercial and cultural impact that it deserves. So I wrote this book to help people do that very thing. So as far as resources are concerned, that's the first resource. <laughs> I love May it. May 2nd. That's the first resource. There you go. The second, though, I would say is that you got to do some introspection. Like, who are you as a company, as a brand, as an institution, as an organization, as an entity? What do you believe? Not what do you do, but what do you believe? How do you see the world? And based on how you see the world, who are the people out there who see the world the way you do? These are, those people are the collective of the willing. That's your congregation. Go preach the gospel to them. Because what happens is that when you start preaching your gospel, your conviction, they'll go, whoa, finally, someone said it. I've been feeling this way forever. I thought I was the only one. And what they'll do is go, yo, Will, come check this out. This guy's been saying exactly what we've been saying. And then you go tell somebody else, and you tell somebody else, and so on, and so on, and so on, right? So you start with who you are, who are the people who see the world the way you do, and how do you communicate the gospel in such a way that evokes people to move through the stories that we tell. That's exactly what I uncover in the book.
7: Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. And it's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Sarah Ergen and Rose McLucas. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Vanessa Serrano. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at Afrotech.com. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Share this with somebody. Go get your money. Peace and love.
6: Right rug flooring.